Hey, 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 everybody. How are you all guys doing? Welcome to the Wimper Podcast, where we talk about all the goofy stuff related to space, astronomy, deep tech, AI, and a lot more to learn about which you won't find much in a conventional form of education. On today's episode of the Space Podcast, we are excited to welcome a very special guest, the founder of Seek in Space, a NASA citizen scientist, author, researcher, and science communicator. With a background in computational astronomy and theoretical physics and astrophysics, mathematics, and a proficiency in Python programming and artificial intelligence, our guest brings a wealth of expertise to the table. They have devoted their career to exploring the mysteries of the cosmos and sharing their findings with the world through their research, uh, writing, and also outreach. So join us as we delve into the fascinating world of space, science, and uh, we have our guest Anushka Sherat on the show. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. We have Anushka Sharad here, uh, as I've introduced uh, her to you. So, like, how are you feeling? Uh, I mean, not how you're feeling. <laughs> uh, uh, how, is go- how is it going? Uh, how's your day? How has your day been? Right, thank you so much, Vivianch, for having me here. It's been a great year, actually, because mm-hmm. I'm already I'm done with a lot of projects that I was working with, and today, I got started with four projects and at the end of this episode, we have a big announcement for your audience, which would be very much exciting. And rather mm-hmm. than that, as you mentioned earlier, I am totally into astrophysics, theoretical astrophysics to be more precise and artificial intelligence. So I mm-hmm. foresee an integration between artificial intelligence and astrophysics and all my projects surround around these ideas. And every day, every night, I'm just pondering over what can be done new what is that lies beyond? Because all of us are pondering about these questions already. Although striving is essential and that is what I mostly keep on doing. Rather than that, another major aspect of my career is that empowering women in STEM and also spreading a, spreading awareness about STEM fields in the society. Because talking, of it, talking about India, India is mostly driven by the fields of engineering, medical, civil services, etc. But a lot of things can be done, and we do need our youth to focus on those areas as well, like astronomical sciences, space and research, development, a lot out there. So this is what I aim to do. I go to different schools, spread an outreach, meet different people. Go. To, I also I've also been invited to an engineering college recently, where I delivered a lecture about artificial intelligence and applications. And all the discussion revolved around artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, data science, and whatnot. So this is how I keep on doing. I love talking about STEM, artificial intelligence, and everything that revolves around STEM. And yes, now we may move on to our questions. Um, very vast uh, sort of uh, spectra that you have with your experience. That's great. Uh, so like what, have, what, pro- like, what projects have you, like... Uh, has it only been AI and astrophys- astrophysics or maybe the integration of both? Right. 
So mm-hmm. that, that's an interesting question. You know, when I was in Delhi, I was at a mm-hmm. summer program and there we uh, learned many things and learned many new things. And that is when I realized that we can sort of culminate all the different kinds of subjects together in order to create something new. That I'm also working on the project of astrophysics and neuroscience because there are so many you know neutrons in our brain and there are as many stars in the universe out there so there is an intricate system in our brain and there is also a very complex system out there in the universe so i am discovering trying to understand the depth of how if we study our brain we would be able to understand the universe in a better way so it is a sort of journey where i am discovering myself my inner self in order to understand the universe in a better way of course artificial intelligence and astrophysics is there but rather than that there is astrobiology where a lot can be studied because recently i did some astronomical or computational astronomy and there we discovered or jotted down the data of exoplanets that we have and when we are studying those exoplanets it's also important to understand what biological components exist over there because i participated in this uh, conference it's in international which it's international astronomical congress it would be held in baku azerbaijan this year and i presented a paper which was about seti or search for extraterrestrial intelligence and when i approached such a topic it's really essential for me to understand what are those key components that i would require or what are those what are those major aspects like is it some technological signatures or some bioscience what all would be needed for me or for us to understand what lies out there and are we alone in the universe because if we are alone or we are not we need to be prepared for both the situations but i have this strong feeling my intuition says that i we do have someone to whom we've not met yet and me i'm trying to discover through my research paper i presented the research paper eagerly waiting for the decision from them and when i get if i get selected i would be able to present it to a wider audience and that would give me an exposure to more intellects would be able to discuss or ponder about the better ideas and all my work revolves around everything i mean anything that is related to space is related to me so even if it is something like biology which i did not opted which i did not like study during my 11th and 12th grade although i'm always interested to understand more then we also have quantum mechanics because quantum mechanics is essential when it comes to space studies so i'm also trying to give a help to that i recently started reading this book its name is c something deeply hidden by something deeply hidden by sean carroll and yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's, mm. it's it's beautiful trying to understand much by that it's also mind boggling certain things are still complex for me but it is beautiful like as i mentioned earlier everything related to space is related to me mm-hmm. i'm 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 thinking of reading feynman for uh, for first for starting out uh, in the fields okay. of maybe quantum sure, definitely yeah but right. uh, if, if you consider mm-hmm. feynman you should also consider shams outline it's a series of outlines i know sh- i know sean carroll i've seen a lot of his videos a lot of his videos no no not sean sean carroll it's shams outlines Oh, uh, never heard of it. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a series of questions where we solve those questions with equations and all, like we do for our math and physics. Mm-hmm. But those outlines are of all the different subjects which are not taught uh, to us in our schools, like astronomy or biology, anything which can, which has questions to which we can solve the answers for. 
using equations is there. So it is pretty interesting. The Shaun's outline outlines the spelling is S E H A U M. Shaun's outlines. S E H A U N. S E H A U M S. Okay. Right. Uh, so you said that you were work working on uh, relating neuro neuroscience with astrophysics, right? Uh, now right. I have a question in my mind. Uh, is is there a possibility that uh, uh, maybe astrophysicists and because you have been into it so much that uh, people are trying to relate our brain's entire function and our brain itself with the universe? Something so small right. yet so complex with something so large and so complex. Right. This is the fun with you know microscopic and microscopic scales. Mm -hmm. Like even if we are talking about classical mechanics and quantum mechanics, it is uh, like classical mechanics is all about studying the things at a mac macroscopic level, whereas quantum mechanics is about studying the things at a microscopic level. And it would be same about with neuroscience and you know astrophysics. But let us see how far we can get with that because. Both the systems are extremely intricate, extremely complex, and I'm just—I've just entered this because there's a lot that should be discovered. I believe I only know 0.1% of the entire of the entirety that lies out there, and perhaps when I discover something, we might as well have another podcast where uh, mm -hmm. we talk about my research and my experience. Yeah, sure. Um, why not? So, I'll be moving on with the questions that I have on my list. Uh, uh -huh, sure. why why is the nature of particles on the quantum level so remarkably different from the ones on the classical level? Right, that's interesting. So talking of classical mechanics, it refers to the branch which deals with the motion of huge or giant objects. So it can be our cars, it can be anything that has to do that has to do with motion, that has to do with planets, that has to do with rockets, etc. And all the classical mechanics, or most of most part of the it, is based on Isaac Newton's laws of motion and the law of universal gravitation. Now, we assume in classical mechanics that physical properties such as position, velocity, acceleration, or momentum can be measured and predicted with complete accuracy. But mm -hmm. when we talk about the quantum level, which refers to the realm of physics that deals with very tiny objects. At a microscopic level, it can be atoms, electrons, neutrons, photons, etc. And I believe at this level, the behavior of particles is described by the principle of quantum mechanics, which differs from classical mechanics at, at a large scale. And, you know, quantum mechanics also includes wave particle duality, superposition, mm -hmm. and entanglement. We will discuss about all these three functions in detail. But these three components, like I mentioned, entanglement and superposition and wave particle duality is what makes quantum mechanics very interesting, very fascinating, and at the same time, very, very complex to understand. Mm -hmm. You know, even scientists are pondering about many questions like how this might happen. And if this has happened, how, what is making it happen? We are still trying to discover. We are, like scientists have also come up with the quantum computers, which are extremely capable of doing great things that we'll probably see in the next few years. Like uh, in the recent days, Chad GPT has been a very good breakthrough. Something of that kind will come with, you know, quantum computers. Another important aspect that I'd like to put in here is about possibilism and determinism. 
determinism means everything that happens in the universe is predetermined and governed by casual laws so it means that all the events are are like an inevitable consequence of prior events for example every action or decision made by a person is not a result of let's say his or her free will but rather determined by external factors such as uh, environment or the prevailing situations etc talking like i'm taking this example to a human level then we'll take it to classical mechanics and quantum level and on the other hand possibilism possibilism means that certain factors in environment may influence human behavior or individuals still have the freedom to choose freedom is an important word which will use again for talking about electrons and all so freedom to choose you know their own actions and make their own decisions so possibilism emphasizes the importance of free will suggesting that we have the ability to overcome and environmental constraints and shape our own destiny or shape our own reality whatever it seems to be possible now taking into the consideration the microscopic and the microscopic scale classical mechanics works on the basis of determinism that is mm -hmm. all the things are already predetermined mm -hmm. and everything is a consequence of what has happened in the past whereas quantum mechanics works by the rules of possibilism mm -hmm. another important aspect to this would be that particles on the quantum level occurs with the phenomenon of quantum entanglement this means that it refer or it refers to the situation where two particles become linked in such a way that the behavior of one particle is influenced by the other or is related with another one so even if they they are separated by a large distance they still are entangled in some way now even i question how this must be happening but we still haven't found answer to them mm -hmm. like scientists are still wondering about that i am still a little girl who is still studying about the huge aspects of the universe and this is how it's been again we have wave particle duality that is photons act like wave and particles too which is another you know which is another part of quantum mechanics and regardless of the distance between any two particles which are entangled the phenomenon of entanglement is not explainable by classical physics because of course classical physics is studied for different aspects and the key feature to study such things such minute things is only possible with quantum mechanics mm -hmm. okay there's a question that has sparked up in my mind so you said determinism is mostly related with classical mechanics you can determine uh, what the particle what an object what a point sized object whatever it is will do in the future right. uh, by calculating its trajectory its motion its uh, distance from the origin whatever i mean whatever mathematics you use uh so the question that has popped in up in my mind is that is there a, is there the is there a concept of potential energy in quantum mechanics because what what you said i'm thinking of it like this uh you're saying that determinism means that something is pre pre known we can calculate it what it's, it's going to do in the future that means everything needs to have a potential to do some form of work in classical mechanics but in quantum you said it can't be determined it's uh, what what was the term you used uh, for not for non no no after determinism possibilism yeah possibilism so in case of right. possibilism you said that uh, it is not we we cannot calculate what it's going to do in the future 
So yeah, right. uh, is there a possibility that maybe the maybe the idea of potential energy doesn't exist in quantum mechanics? If you've read about it, right. or That's maybe yeah. Question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but before that, I'd like to ask you that what do you think? Do electrons, photons, and all do they contain energy? Um, electrons. I mean, they contain energy just because of their motion. I would say because they radiate it or uh-huh. they release it when they change orbits, right? Uh, Right. Uh, protons and yeah. neutrons are basically yeah. basically in the in the nucleus, so they stay pretty static. They I, I would say definitely contain right. less amount of energy than electrons. Though I don't know it yet. Uh, I mean, I'm just sh- showing my intuition. But yeah, uh, whatever the right, right answer is, I would and like to know. Mm-hmm. Right. And what do you think about photons in the same manner? Photons. I would mean. Uh, we mostly know photons in terms of moving particles, right? But if you are able to capture moving, move, moving Which wave, moving. moving, yeah, yeah. in motion, right, right, because light travels at maximum speed, anything can travel at. Uh, so, right, uh, I think I mean I've I've heard a lot a lot about the concept of static photon that you basically the mass is zero zero of a static photon, uh, energy is almost all, all almost zero, and then uh, some people have also told me that uh, uh, the energy that a static photon contains is almost uh, tending to be zero i don't know i don't right. know the math behind it but yeah right so you know in this case i believe that all the approaches that we have in quantum mechanics is probabilistic see possibility and probability are different but talking about the potential of quantum particle i believe it is a form of energy which cannot be localized in this space because when we talk about quantum mechanics it is most related to all the things that are going on in space and if we use potential energy with quantum mechanics it can come up with something like the quantum potential energy uh, just give me a moment i yeah, think yeah, sure. i read it somewhere sure sure right uh, yeah i remember i read it uh, it was written by david bohm the scientist he mentioned something about the quantum potential energy like i'm glad you put that up so i can read more about it mm-hmm. and the energy of, at that level is not localized in space and it is uh, influenced a lot by the curvature in the space by how much tightly bound the things are and how much gravity influences all the things out there mm-hmm. so i think this is what it would be the idea of gravity i think is mostly discussed by newton in form of just something that uh, exists because because it exists right i mean it's not because of some form of warp <laughs> he he just uh, mentioned it that some form of force exists that pulls everything towards each other and it's it exists in everything uh, that exists in the whole universe Though I yeah, think, right. though, though i think when i saw the vi- videos of me sim- uh, people simulating uh, Einstein's theory of gravity, uh, with these you know models of curved, uh, curved uh, I think bowls and big uh, structures, not technically right, big, right. but I think half a meter or or max to max two meters in diameter, and the and uh, they yes, were they right. were explaining they were explaining Einstein's theory theory uh, in that, and I mean Newton's case was being used uh, for everything in, in the same manner that. Uh, they were using a string and they were rotating rotating it around f- from the center uh, and the planet keeps on rotating no matter what their radius is though einstein's theory right, right. theory was different for every different for for example if 
the object was big uh, it had a, a bigger and deeper uh, impact on the space time warp and hence the particle had a greater radius uh, around it or maybe when the particle was closer to it the speed speed of the particle moving around it was faster in comparison to the one uh, that was moving farther though uh, newton for, for for case of newton it was constant i'm not denying newton definitely and newton is possibly the one of the greatest scientists possibly the greatest scientist of uh, our time not just our time but ever born almost because he had almost no reference to use uh, to study anything and einstein had a lot of things uh, pre predetermined and pre studied a lot of people had given already a lot of theories but yeah so i think uh, i i only have a doubt over there like why are we not studying force of gravity in in terms of einstein's theory too not just because it's quantum mechanics and school students cannot read it or maybe it's too complex because of the math right. behind it but even just the theory right right that that's an interesting question and it seems like you are pretty much uh, engrossed in studying the different kind of projects that are there because you properly <laughs> mentioned how we define newtons and einstein's gravity in different projects right so the experiment that you mentioned we actually used a fabric of spandex because spandex is very stretchable and that is properly attached to a circular bowl let's say mm -hmm. and when we place when you place a heavy object on in the middle of that spandex fabric it acts as if it is the geometrical structure that we have out there in the universe and that is how it keeps on working that is how that experiment is being you know portrayed for students in order to understand mm -hmm. see talking about einstein's general relativity the theory the fabric of space time is a geometrical structure like i said and it is distorted by the presence of matter and energy so the strength of this distortion is related to mass and energy content uh, content of the matter and energy that is present in space time and you know when whenever we talk about newton's uh, like gravity or his theories or all the scientific calculations that he has made for us it it makes it it is like it is a testament for us to understand that why it is so much necessary for us to go with newtonian physics in order to understand what we are studying because all the calculations that are there or all the equations that are there are properly you know got for studying whatever we study on a very earth level mm -hmm. but when we go to larger dimensions when we are talking about extremely bulky and heavy objects which are extremely dense mm -hmm. which are so dense that they can form the space time fabric i think it is essential to incorporate the equations and all the other ideas that are proposed by einstein rather than newton because even the equations make sense like the greatest equations given by einstein one of them being e is equal to mc squared mm -hmm. which is sometimes said like those who know it very well tell that it is only half because that equation is also pretty dense it is a very long one and there are many things that are there different for space and different for earth so yeah i think that is how it is mm -hmm. moving on uh what is the i mean i think it's pretty absurd to ask that but what is the tensile strength of the fabric of space time according to einstein like how ma massive does an object need to be in order to bend the fabric of space time i cannot maybe right i but, mean no, i'm not massive enough yes yes but yeah how massive like is there a <laughs> is there a constant to it maybe a limit a threshold right i really love talking about these scales you know because before i explain this in detail you know in this solar system of ours like there is the sun and other planets 
99% of the entire mass of our solar yeah, system is, is totally constituted yeah, by sun yeah, yeah. and rather than and rest of the 1% is distributed among the planets uh-huh. so this is how different things are this is how interesting things are and this is how the sun is able to mm-hmm. put in so much uh, so much weight on the space time fabric that it is able to warp and put all the planets intact to it mm-hmm. talking about tensile strength i believe instead of calling it tensile strength we should rather consider that the theory describes like the einstein's theory describes it to be the curvature of space time which is again distribution uh, which is determined by the distribution of mass and energy like any object with mass or energy will cause a curvature on space time but the amount of curvature it produces depends on the object's mass or energy content so in general the larger the mass of energy content of an object the more it will bend the fabric around the fabric of space time around it mm-hmm. you know whenever we do this experiment that the, the spandex sheet is attached to the bowl mm-hmm. the heavier object totally goes down and like it sulks uh, down mm-hmm. in the center mm-hmm. and we put tiny marbles around it so it really creates a very tiny difference but it does create the difference like it is totally dependent on how much heavy that object is and i believe there is no specific mass threshold required to bend space time however in order for the curvature of space time produced by an object to be detectable like their weight should be enough to make themselves detectable So yeah the object needs to be significant enough with its mass or energy content um to give you an example the curvature of space time produced by the sun is detectable in the motion of planets around it and the curvature produced by smaller objects such as individual planets or asteroids is so small that none of the objects around asteroids or planets have influenced but talking of earth moon is intact with earth because earth is heavy enough to keep moon intact with it and sun is heavy enough to keep all the planets intact with it another favorite example of mine in this case would be the strong gravitational field of a black hole which causes a significant curvature of the space time fabric in its vicinity hmm. that this curvature is so extreme that it is often described as a hole when that is how it yeah like it tears tears the space time fa- fabric itself Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So the entire curvature caused by black hole is directly related to the mass of the black hole. Mm-hmm. And the more massive the black hole is, the greater curvature it produces. You know, the last type or the biggest, the enormous type of the black hole is the supermassive black holes, which are so huge that I don't think we could ever imagine how large it must be. Mm-hmm. And scientists also say that, like, as every second passes, a new black hole is being created in the universe. Mm-hmm. and near any black hole i mean the one which is very heavy mm-hmm. the gravitational field is so strong that it causes time to slow down completely and space to become totally distorted so the curvature of space is so extreme that it causes light to bend like and distorted leading to phenomena such as gravitational lensing and the formation of accretion disk around the black hole etc and in return the concept of gravitational lensing is so helpful for all the astronomers or astrophysicists who study because it really helps us to understand what all can be done or what all should be done to discover this and that because gravitational lensing kind of acts like a magnifying glass for us yeah mm-hmm. uh so right. like like you said that uh, black hole is so massive i mean is it in terms of just size because a lot of times there are black holes that are almost the mass of the sun but having the radius of a city right so does does it does it density 
uh, of the black hole or of the object itself uh, also matter or is it just because of the mass and the radius of it right so density is mass upon volume and mm -hmm. it has mass so it also has enough volume which makes it very much bulkier and that is how it is able to influence all the objects or any all all the particles around but it. is it necessary and like i mentioned right uh, but is it necessary like, like i mentioned something can be the radius of a city but have the mass of the sun right. i mean we do have uh, i mean such cases like we have heard of such ca such cases uh, that a black hole is that, that right. of that low amount of size but has that high amount of mass and certainly its density is going to be uh, right. so high too i mean you you might also have heard of these very hypothetical terms that uh, if uh, how you can fit the whole humanity in a sugar cube or maybe something like that uh, like and Extremely yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's the same idea. So that's that's like why does volume have to come into play then? I mean, if uh, if we are saying that volume volume of the or the size of it actually doesn't matter at times. Although I'll be moving to a, another black hole question that I have, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. But what is your take on this? I mean, it's interesting. So why do you think volume is not necessary, or have you read it somewhere that volume is not necessary? I've not read as deep as. I've not read read about it as deep as you might think. Uh, I've I have a very shallow idea of it. Uh, I think in yeah. fact I, I would, in fact I would say I yeah yeah mm -hmm. sure go on. Yeah mm -hmm. yeah you may continue. I'll go after you. No, I have a very shallow idea of it. I would I, in fact I think if I if okay. I start speaking I would say something stupid. So let it be. <laughs> it's okay. See what my take is uh, on this is that mm -hmm. matter is. Matter is anything that occupies space, right? Mm -hmm. And volume is something which, uh, in which the particles are tightly bound, so there are no spaces in between. Mm -hmm. So I think that when something has to be so dense, like the point of singularity, it was so dense, it was tiny, but it was extremely dense, which led to all these different kind of things. Hence, I believe volume does play an important role because it eliminates all the other things. It eliminates vacuum. It eliminates the free spaces, free spaces, and that is what makes the particles to be so tightly bound that there is no space between them, and that is what leads to the increased density of the entire object. Hmm. Okay. I usually listen to all of my episodes uh, on repeat. I actually don't grab everything right away in the episode itself, so I have to do it. Yeah, do yeah, it another take. take. Yeah. Your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I believe when you like uh, re-listen to this mm -hmm. one again, you might as well come up with more questions, which mm -hmm. would be interesting. Yeah, sure. I I have I have had a lot of astrophysics questions for a long amount of time. I had only one astrophysicist uh, on my show. Uh, I think, and that was, I think his name is Swastik Chobe. Yeah, hmm. I don't know if you know him. He okay. he's I think in in Institute of Astrophysics. Uh, he's studying there. Mm -hmm. Right. I think okay. I I I mean it was pretty good of a good con conversation. I felt really dumb. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm, I'll be moving on to a question that I have from this book, uh, Life Three Point Zero. If anybody, sure. if anybody yeah. wants to have it, uh, I I'm not putting a link in the description. So. Yeah, it is mm -hmm. recommended by me too, mm -hmm. because I did read. The description, and you also definitely give it a look. 
Yeah, any, anyone who wants to read it. I have also uh, already read it uh, once. I have highlighted a lot of things and I'm going to read, read it probably uh, sometime else. But yeah, mm, so yeah. I have this question related to, uh, if you if you know about the Chandrasekhar limit, right? Uh, Chandrasekhar limit says that anything needs to be 1.4 times the mass of our sun in order to undergo a cataclysmic thermonuclear detonation known as a supernova of type 1A. As it is mentioned over here, right? Uh, the uh, the last time I got uh, swastik, uh, he, the astrophysicist I was uh, talking about uh, a few seconds ago, uh, he he mentioned that anything if unless it is I think around nine times the size of the sun, it can't be a black hole. My question over here is, if something can be a supernova, is it necessarily going to be a black hole or not? Interesting. I believe it depends on the prevailing situations, like is the matter collapsing within itself or is the volume or the matter inside that entire object, whether it is like sun or supernova, being so dense that it is able to influence everything that is to a wider range or that is near the wider range of that entire object. And this is the entire bulkiness of that object totally influences how it will be around it. Because I don't know what would be mm -hmm. the what would be that number of radius where we cannot go near the black hole. We can only see it from a very far distance because these huge enormous black holes they can influence all the things on them to a to a very very large radius to a very very large area. Mm -hmm. So in order for anything like supernova or sun to transform themselves into black holes, something and it must happen which makes all the things collide or which makes all the things evaporate or some different kind of fusion, some different kind of some different kind of processes that should be occurring in that entire object in order to transform itself from supernova or sun to entire black hole. Hmm. And our sun is not the yeah, candidate it is, it is not because though, though we think it's it's very huge and enormous, it is nowhere near to competing with the black hole. Should we be glad? That it is not an eligible candidate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although it, it would be what it is like, what we think mm -hmm. it should have been, mm -hmm. this still wouldn't exist and the mm -hmm. entire solar system would have a different mm -hmm. name. So yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Although it is pretty fascinating that every second a new black hole is being formed out there in the universe. And this uh, this suddenly gives us an idea of how, how, how vast our universe is that we are still unable to imagine it clearly. And I also wonder that is it possible for one black hole to eat up another black hole? Like if one black yeah. hole is bigger than mm -hmm. the another one mm -hmm. and they are closer to mm -hmm. each other, so will that? I think there's a video. I think there's a video on YouTube where it's where it, they, they were simulating how a portal can go through another portal. There's a video on that if you've right. seen it. And then it goes uh, infinitely. Uh -huh. I, I think I saw this. I don't remember its name. Then, yeah. then it goes infinitely. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm, think so. Mm -hmm. I also don't remember the result, right. what, what came out to be, but yeah, I, I remember the thumbnail right. of it. It was a portal. What if a portal goes through right. another portal? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So mm -hmm. one, one question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that anything such as portals exist out there? And if we pierce through some portal, mm -hmm. we'll discover some new world. What is your take on that? I mean, I've heard of quantum tunneling, but the idea of portal, like I've also seen Doraemon. <laughs> anything i mean anything 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 imaginable i mean if if you're considering uh, the universe to be 
yeah, in the sense that uh, this is also this idea: if anything is imaginable, anything is possible. Then, if something is not in a, imaginable, it is not possible, or it is halfway through, something like that. And I think that's if that's if that's if your if your universe is of the kind that anything imaginable is possible, if there's a if there's a possibility that you have a, an Iron Man in your universe, then yeah, certainly, why not? Uh, then then you may have a Tony Stark, you may have another co- copy of RDJ, whatever you want. But yeah, I think that's the, that's the only possibility I can think of. If if anything is imaginable, then maybe it is possible if we live in that kind of universe right. the quantum tunneling i think i'm very fascinated by that idea uh, i think if quantum right. tunneling is possible uh, i think it's it's going to be a great catalyst to any form of progress we want to make uh, right because if we are able to tra- if we are able to skip a time frame or large amount of distance from one point to another point by traveling a really small amount of distance Apologies for regarding wormholes as quantum tunneling. There might have been a misconception on my side, so my bad. Uh, in in the space time warp, I think that that's one of one of the greatest achie- achievements and one of the ga- greatest discoveries we can have. But yeah, I mean everything is a hypothesis. I can't really say much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's fun to fantasize. Mm-hmm. One thing I'd like to tell here, like the concept of wormhole. Mm-hmm. I I mean it's very fascinating that how two portals can come so close to each other that you'd be able to enter in one portal and go to the next one by eliminating a lot of distance but I wonder how it will happen or is it even right to imagine that humans mm-hmm. which are so tiny would would be would have enough potential to make that happen because wormhole is entirely about taking two things to a level where the distance between them is eliminated and we can easily go from one place to another it is fascinating it is very complex but you know this is just something i wonder about and then this is the thing about astronomy and astrophysics it is about different subjects as well mm-hmm. but we can imagine so much because there is never a limit to imagination and sometimes when we enter that road or when we walk down that path of imagining things it really helps in coming up with solutions sometimes that i am an academic researcher and i have to write a lot of research papers present abstract ideas to different people so sometimes imagination really helps it is like a crux at the pinnacle of all that researching because this imagination is something that propels us to think in a way that nobody has ever thought and everybody has a different approach in order to come up with a solution for a certain thing hmm. so imagination is necessary and astronomy astrophysics or to be more generic astronomical sciences give a lot of importance to imagination hmm. certainly um so i have this big question with, uh, in my hand uh, i think we're going to okay. get out, get out of it? time but i don't think it really matters right now because as, as i said this episode is going to be longer than other episodes because i had a lot of questions in my head right but yeah mm, so i yeah. read this sentence uh, i was uh, reading i think an olympiad book or something uh, the universe is, is expanding okay. intrinsically which causes a change in its size of space it is not necessary for space okay. to exist outside the universe for it to expand into anything um so i think i think my intuition I, my intuition come came into play and then i think maybe i thought something like there's no need for extra space for universe to exist outside to what it is now uh but i mean maybe right. the use cases are because we don't know what's outside 
or maybe we don't know what if the universe has a finite boundary and if it does uh, mm-hmm. it would have a volume what lies beyond yeah what yes. it would have a volume but right. it could also but it could also be the other way around like no volume uh, right I mean it doesn't have any form of volume because it doesn't have any boundary to it this kind of we- this is kind of weird because if the universe does or doesn't have a volume it still has objects inside it that require volume right Mm-hmm. I think I think I think I mean I I hope you I hope you are getting I I hope I'm not sounding that stupid. Right? Yes, I mm-hmm. am. Yeah, yeah. Does does something need to have? So my question is: Does something need to have a volume for something else to exist inside it that does occupies a volume? And I have a riddle in the end. I will tell everybody. But yeah, I mean related to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do they have an answer to that question? I I mean you're asking from me. Like if I have an answer to that question. No, no, no. The book from which uh, the book. No, it's not actually. No, no. That book. That book is an, a mere Olympiad book. I think it has only. It had only multiple choice question, and it asks if it's true or false, if something like that. I never have I ever seen such an interesting question in the Olympiad book. I have appeared for Olympiad exams too, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Let us let us let us answer this question. Mm-hmm. So. The the question is pretty interesting. That does an object need to have a volume. volume in order to make another things which it has to have volume, mm-hmm. right? So for this, what I think is that though an object has volume or has not, it has matter, mm-hmm. and right. I thought you have no. a question. So everything that has matter, the matter or the collection of matter can be individualistic. and that individualistic matter or that series of matters or something that has matter tightly bound to it might have volume because those all the spheres or all the components become an individual entity hence they might or might not consist of volume which entirely depends on the prevailing conditions of that system mm-hmm. but yes it it is quite um confusing or perplexing that whether the entire universe has volume or mm-hmm. not which depends whether it has boundaries mm-hmm. or not but yeah it is pretty much obvious to have another for another objects to have volume because do they do have their own mass mm-hmm. and matter yeah i mean right. we we know that we only know the case where we know a random universe which might have a volume maybe not but we do know that it contains objects that require volume in it right I mean, I think this is also okay. this is also the reason another question pops in the minds of scientists that if if the universe is expanding, what is it expanding into? It's also a question that I've heard a lot. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people even okay. even who are not that much into astrophysics, but even when they have heard of this idea, they've come up with this question. What do you think it should expand into? Into something like it should have a limit to it. Is it is 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 that what you're saying? And why should it have a limit to it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it should have. To be honest, I mean, unless and until the idea of multiverse is something you believe in, I would not say if the idea of if if the idea of multi multiverse is something that you believe in. I think then in the idea of expansion itself should not be there because I think if every other universe is expanding, they would all start colliding into each other, right? At after some point of time. Right. I have two two things here. Mm-hmm. Let us like just for an instance, let us believe in the bubble theory, mm-hmm. and let us consider that our universe is a bubble, mm-hmm. which is expanding. Like 
inside the bubble mm-hmm. the entire universe is expanding so will that bubble or the radius of that bubble will that expand mm-hmm. too and will it like keep on growing and growing and mm-hmm. growing if our universe is finite inside the bubble but it's also expanding mm-hmm. or will that happen that perhaps our universe which began from mm-hmm. a singularity is expanding and we still have not reached to the end of that bubble so that the universe is still expanding but perhaps it will expand so much one day that it will reach all the limits in the bubble and that bubble might that bubble might pop out mm-hmm. this is the case is it the but idea of the big crunch is it the idea of the big crunch what is it called oh there, there, there are lots of things mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. this is just something on top of my mind there is big crunch mm-hmm. there is big crunch mm-hmm. there are many different ideas mm-hmm. like big bang but those are all theories yeah. i mean it is yeah. easy to come mm-hmm. up with the theories mm-hmm. but it is hard to explain something with a scientific idea mm-hmm. yeah so coming back to the bubble mm-hmm. so if our universe is the kind of bubble there might be other bubbles as well if we talk about multiple universes theory mm-hmm. so what if all the bubbles expand so like the internal matter in that bubble expand so much that all those bubbles pop out so will that mean that our universe has ended or will that mean that now that as that bubble popped out the universe will have extreme limits to spread out mm-hmm. so in science every question has an answer and every answer leads to a different question so this is what i think and another thing uh, if we discard multiverse multi multiverse theory for a while mm-hmm. i believe the universe like our universe keeps on expanding keeps on expanding but then the question arises then where is another universe that is expanding or even if it exists then where it will be if our universe is so exp- so wide and expanding another thing could be that the entire thing i know what to call that thing the entire thing which consists of all the multiverses is so huge is so enormous that it is able to accumulate all the bubbles and it is also able to let those bubbles flow let those bubbles expand as much as they want a lot of questions arises if we just talk about multiverse theory and if we talk about expansion mm-hmm. although yet like to the date we do know that our universe is <laughs> Expansion is being accelerated due to many components, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, moving on with the next question that I have. Uh, can you mention some books yeah. for someone who wants to begin with astrophysics or the quantum world? Interesting. Books are a part of me, and I do have a lot of books. If you are like posting it somewhere, you might as well share the picture of all the books that uh-huh. I have. But first, let us go with Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. He is very popular. so i have a brief history of time we didn't we didn't we don't need any context for why i have mm-hmm. that book another interesting book is the grand design mm-hmm. i'd like to give a little uh, short explanation about the grand design mm-hmm. so stephen hawking's the grand design is uh, is a counter argument to the idea of god so that book talks about the entire scientific explanation that disproves the entire thing of god it says that god doesn't exist mm. not that i am a religious person but i am very spiritual and i always wanted to know that if i need to know the god perhaps if i study something opposite to that scale that is something opposite to god maybe i'll be able to understand god in a better way this is a theory proposed by i think herodotus he is a historian he said that in order to understand something 
we must study the opposite scales of that like in order to understand what is true we must also study what is false so in the same way this idea propelled me to buy the grand design and i'm still reading it so it is an interesting book like whether you believe in god like whether you are a theist or an atheist you should give it a look and try to understand that do you believe in the do you believe that god doesn't exist or exist but it is still something to crack your head with mm. another thing uh, sorry another book by stephen hawking is the universe in a nutshell which i have moving to another author who is very favorite of mine is brian green and mm. um, elegant that. universe the fabric of the cosmos the hidden reality are some of his books which i recommend which i do have for shan karol of course something deeply hidden is the one that i have space time and geometry is a good one and the particle at the end of the universe so for the questions that we have and the, for the questions that we'll keep on having in the future this one is a really nice one to pick for those who are in a hurry with all the hustle and bustle and studies and work astrophysics for people in a hurry by neil degrasse tyson is a good one and yeah i think that's pretty much it but the, like there are lots of books a lot of them about which talks about infinity which discuss about our existence which talk about the entire cosmic scale mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. these are a few that are top of my mind mm. um I, because you mentioned the idea of god according to stephen hawking um for like you said that you're a very spiritual person but you're not exactly the believer in the idea of god like you don't imagine maybe an entity no, 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 or something no, I, or what I, I said uh-huh. I said I am not religious but I am spiritual yeah. I don't disprove that I don't disprove God but I am more willing to understand I mean you're not trying God to sculpt not... a, a sculpt the face of a man with a bow tie on his face or something like that right yes uh, yes uh, yeah. right believe God is God is an energy hmm. okay coming to energy we know energy just transforms from one body to another it can either be created nor destroyed So that is what I think can be very much related or metaphorized with the concept of our soul. We believe we have a soul or a spirit, and we also know that our bodies are perishable, but our soul keeps on moving from one body to another. Mm-hmm. So I believe soul and energy are pretty much related to each other. So this is how my scientific turn and spiritual turn come together and are helping me to understand how both so are working in... simultaneously on yeah. opposite scales. So do you believe in reincarnation? reincarnation yeah that sounds interesting i uh, i don't know if i believe or i don't but i do believe that soul uh, our soul has a power and perhaps it stores some information with it mm-hmm. that we are able to you know understand something from the past life or something that soul holds is able to make us understand about what might have happened in the past mm-hmm. like some piece of information it might be consistent mm-hmm. also uh, i think i read stephen hawking's last book uh, it was called brief answers to the big questions uh, he finally i th- i do have that one thank you for yeah everything. so i think he mentioned it, it over there that god exists for, i mean he, he finally admitted that god exists for those who believe in him on it i mean not technically him but Uh, and doesn't doesn't exist for those who do do not believe in it, but yeah, right. I think he finally came up so came up with that uh, conclusion, yeah. and then he like like it was the last book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we all we always need something to believe in. Some believe in God, 
some believe in the power of nature some believe in the universe and i believe in three of these so we always need something to believe in because what we believe in helps us or inspire us to keep on doing better to just go with the life and sometimes when life gives us a heartbreak or takes us on a roller coaster ride so the things that we believe in help us to move forward inspiration is everywhere it's in the nature it's in the trees it's in all the natural components it's in the universe it's everywhere hence having something to believe in like if those are our parents to sometimes whom we consider our god or if it's the universe or the whole power that surrounds mm-hmm. us yeah it's all that we believe in mm-hmm. right. um the next question that i have yeah so Einstein found a loophole in the equation of the force of gravity exerted by two bodies onto each other. What he found was that Newton's equation said that force of gravity equals g times mass of object one times mass of object two by the radius between the two objects, the square, makes the speed of gravity equal to that of light. I would love to know your take on this because then he also said that if that if one of the masses get out of the equation the force of gravity becomes zero mm-hmm. like instantly right it's it happens instantly or right. like at the speed of light uh in fact i think faster than the speed of light because when light takes 8 minutes 20 seconds to come from but yeah i would like to know what what's yeah. your take on this is that like light takes light does take some time to come from sun to the mm-hmm. earth but the speed of light that is at its own scale is pretty much it's pretty it's pretty fast mm-hmm. So talking about the loophole, I don't think uh, like uh, Einstein found a loophole. Mm-hmm. He rather took Newton's equation of for gravity in, into consideration, and he developed a new theory of gravity called general relativity yeah. that mm-hmm. we know by the name mm-hmm. today, which fundamentally changed our understanding of like of gravity. So the equation that you mentioned, which is again uh, given by Newton, the force between two masses is given by the thing that you said. and g is the gravitational constant like we know so when the mass of object 1 and mass of object 2 are the masses mm-hmm. that we take into the consideration for the entire equation and r is the distance between them this equation that the force of gravity propagates instantaneously through space which is inconsistent with the fact that nothing can travel faster than the speed of light i hope that makes sense mm-hmm. to you and in general relativity einstein showed that gravity arises from the curvature of space time caused by the presence of massive objects so the motion of objects in a gravitational field is determined let's say by the geometry of space time which can be described using a set of equations known as the einstein field equations mm-hmm. and these equations predict that the speed of gravity is equal to the speed of light which has been confirmed by some experiments and observations like i believe i have sometime read in the entire journey of my of me reading books but yeah that is the case but of course when we are talking about gravity we do need two objects in order to make gravity happen in order to show that gravity really exists over there mm-hmm. there are a few differences between the gravity or the ideas of gravity proposed by einstein and by those which are proposed by newton but let us say that the ideas einstein developed were on the basis of newtonian gravity because like you said einstein had a lot of resources whereas newton did not but Newton's equation did help Einstein let us agree to come up with something new and in order to understand perhaps the universe in a better way. Mhm. Yep. 
so uh moving on uh i would love to know what you've been doing with your organization seeking space uh can you introduce it to the audience right my website seekingspace.in is mm-hmm. a beautiful place for me i built it with a lot of love compassion for all of you who would like to read the articles that i've written they were like some of the primary articles are about what is astronomy and why astronomy like why did i choose astronomy and one of the sentences that i like to quote is that i did not choose this subject rather the subject like astronomy or the universe shows me for studying it and this is what i believe with the articles it also has some blogs about 3d about additive manufacturing mm-hmm. and about a lot of things and space tech and advanced space solutions mm-hmm. i also write some poems which explain scientific ideas in a poetic way that gives a creative turn to it and there are a lot of things over there as well along with that i do have some videos on youtube lately i haven't been active because i was deeply engrossed in my research work and the projects that i'm currently up to but yes you might as well discover my website my instagram my linkedin i have a lot of things to share mm-hmm. would be coming up with some interesting things again would like to explain my research ideas my research papers my abstract ideas my take on spirituality and the universe and the beautiful idea of how souls are there and the beauty of the universe and through seeking space dot in i really want people to understand or to be able to admire the astronomical sciences because this is not just about studying but getting so much into it that i bath in those subjects i am completely soaked in those subjects that all uh, everything about me every day when i wake up there is nothing to do except for studying reading and understanding these things that are there out there and i don't necessarily take this <clears throat> as a responsibility or as some source of income or some source of earning a degree it is rather pure compassion pure admiration pure love that i have towards this subject and this is what has helped me to be able to go with the subject and choose this as something that i'd be pursuing for the rest of mm-hmm. my life yeah uh, right so this is yeah this yes continue yeah this is my website mm-hmm. but i yeah i'm also actively working as a leading member in different organizations to name a few the nebula space organization or academy journal space aura geoxtem and a few mm-hmm. yeah so i'm working with them i just i believe that alone i can go faster but together we can go farther and when i take all the people with me we all have a common mission a common goal of taking all the people together making them understand the beauty of this subject and discovering new discovering new ideas coming up with coming up with something that hasn't been discovered yet or perhaps creating some innovative solutions or some sustainable solutions to the to the recent development or the, to the recent missions etc So this is how I'm taking all the people along with me. I am into many organizations. Some of them I cannot recall at the moment. I am also working with some individuals who someone like one of them is a, has an AI company. Another one among them ha, is like total into biotechnology. But all these ideas when come together, they create something new. They create something very extraordinary. And I believe in the upcoming years, India would be at the top level for all these subjects. Currently. all the things that we have like even our space agency is a bit underrated mm-hmm. but we all as a future of our mm-hmm. nation as the youth are trying to bring india mm-hmm. 
to a better level and to show the world that we are really capable of doing what we think or what we mm-hmm. imagine of. Um, yeah, I would like to also talk about this uh, thing that, I mean, a lot of people have talked about this a lot, that India has the youngest population uh, and, and on average in the whole world. Exactly. I think, I think Africa has, right. Africa has a better, 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 young, better and younger population because it is more underdeveloped than us. Uh, I think, I think the demographics go that way itself. The most underdeveloped countries have the youngest of populations. And then over time, the most developed ones have, uh, their average populations in around mid thirties, maybe forties, like Japan has in forties, I think, I guess I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is, yeah, th- yeah. So sorry, you may continue. Yeah. So like, uh, my question, my question really is that, uh. India's youth, technically, I would say, is pretty much. I, I feel it. I mean, I've, I've also not. I'm not. I do not even feel it. I I see it almost around me too. It's almost directionless. Like they have a lot of potential. Certainly, a lot of energy. You know, mm-hmm. because they they are they are young and certainly they they are going to live, be there for a high a longer time than people who are definitely older. But I don't really, I don't really feel like their direction. Like you don't seem to have a lot of them. Mostly I would say they don't seem to have a goal or a purpose to fulfill a lot of times. And uh, a lot of people find their purpose and their goals very young. Uh, a lot of people don't. In fact, some of them find it in, even in their late twenties, maybe thirties, something. Uh, so I, I'm ask, asking you like, what could be the possible solution to not just because not just we have a pot, it's like having a lot of magnitude, but almost no direction. It's a scalar quantity. It's not a vector quantity. So in order to, if, if, That's yeah, well. yeah, if, 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 do you have like any possible solutions to like bringing all of this potential into one place and making it work? Because I think there's a lot right. of population right. that is not having any form of, you know, working going on. Right. I'd like to, I'd like if you add your opinions to this answer as well. (laughs) You know, I believe that India is mostly driven by the old age mindset. Hence, people often, uh, like those who are limited with their resources, do not have mm, enough help, self-help or help from the outside or even the inspiration, which would help them to think beyond the limits and to go and really take some risk and, you know, do something that the entire world is doing, do something extraordinary. We don't have direction because we are totally driven by the oldest ideas. We are not ready to come up with something new. Why do you think most of the young generation, like 12 or 11 traders, go with like engineering exams and medical exams and why never they say that I want to pursue a career in astrophotography or astrophysics or something as something like history or something entirely different, something uh, like studying the fossils and all, no. Because we are totally dependent or we are totally, our perception is tainted with the ideas of what others would think or is it really going to help me or is it financially a good idea? You know, when I was about to step in this entire realm of astronomy, the elders would say, I mean, even the students being students themselves, that astronomy is good as a hobby, not as a career. It won't bring me much money, but this isn't true. 
when I entered my step into this, I really understand that there's a lot that can be done. And yeah, income is important and a lot of sources can be developed by that because at the end of the day, it is totally dependent on our skills. But when we are totally passionate about studying something, we should definitely give it a try. And then we love it so much, we definitely find options. So whether it is making money with that or doing anything that we would like to do with that subject. So in order to get the proper direction, we must be able to understand ourselves better and should be able to break the paradigm that exists out there to break the misconceptions and to clear our vision, to clear the tainted perception that we have of humanity today. One more thing that I'd like to add, you know, in the entire world, only 28 or 30% of women are there who pursue astronomy as a career. And this is like, there are a lot of problems due to which this, this ratio is so down and this ratio is so low. There are a lot of problems which are related to sexual identity or any of those things or the resources or let's, let's say we take an example of East India, the Eastern countries in, the, sorry, the Eastern state in our countries, they have really have so limited options and we don't see them out there like the connections with North India or South India or the Western India is so well, but it is, we don't really have good connections with East India. Mm -hmm. So all the youth should come together or even if they're individuals should break the paradigm and really take a broader look of, should be able to have a broader view about what really can be done and why are they still holding themselves from stepping to the big world and from contributing to the change. Mm -hmm. um, to, be, to be honest, I think uh, what I think is that for example, as you said, the representation of women is very low in STEM education, right? Though I think it has, it has, I think in mostly Western countries too, it has been way greater for Quite. arts and humanities. In fact, I think it's better than men and male students, male category students. Uh, and I think, I think what you're saying that uh, the representation of all these states also, uh, um, in the western side of the and in the eastern side of the country uh, have a very low amount of participation in country country's progress and towards its development uh, i think and i i don't know but it's quite surprising to know that even bangladesh has a higher working population of urban women than india than than india china i think it's in fact 90% or something so that's pretty good like only 10% of women are not working in the urban areas they are housewives or maybe, maybe, right. maybe they just, they are just not working. Maybe anything. I just don't want to get into personal stuff, but in, for India, it's only 6%. In fact, it has dropped, I think to five point something. I don't really remember. Yeah. Because I'm not really good at right. memory to be honest, but yeah, I think it, it has dropped even further. And to, to be, to be honest, I think the only problem here is because I don't think the government has uh, done something then, I mean, the government has not, uh, worked on it. Uh, like for example, Beti, Beti Bachao, Beti Padao has been very prominent. In fact, uh, when I, I think it was international women's day a few weeks ago, a few days ago, right. I saw a lot of posters, a lot of, uh, banners moving around, uh, about women empowerment, but I. I don't know, like, how is this not working? Like, for example, awareness is something else, right? There's soft power. Awareness is soft power. It's like you're just trying to maybe implicate something into somebody's mind. Hard power is basic, basically like 
you are coming and you're just implementing it right away maybe if if uh, maybe if the prime minister gives a talk on you know what what is what is his uh, talk called परीक्षा पे चर्चा परीक्षा पे चर्चा आई मीन परीक्षा पे चर्चा ओनली फॉर एग्जामिनेशन ओनली फॉर स्टूडेंट्स Prime Minister Modi no. does does doesn't have just a voter base. He has a fan base. Technically, people are mad behind him almost. <laughs> But yeah, I don't want to get into political stuff. Uh, yeah. Finally, any message for our audience? Uh, right. The thing that you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, I I'd like to tell mm-hmm. you that there are still some parts in our mm-hmm. country, in Rajasthan, in Madhya Pradesh, Uttar Pradesh. where the society is driven by the male mentality mm-hmm. and that is where the things come into mm-hmm. play because let's say some women might have some dreams and would like to work or would like to things that they want to do but then the society is driven by the male, yeah. by the male perceptions and by mm-hmm. the entire mm-hmm. mentality it's really hard for women to you know go what they and do what they mm-hmm. want to do because in such country in such places if the society is driven by a male mentality their decisions are also you know driven by what their fathers or what their husbands or their brothers or the elders or the male mm-hmm. would say i think this is one of the problems i mean of course there would be a lot of them but this is one of them and that is why they are unable to have that approach towards heart power be aware getting aware having awareness is a different thing but being able to step out and do such great things is a mm-hmm. different thing i am able to do that because i get a lot of support from my school from my parents from my family members from my friends and the online community that i have but what if someone doesn't have all of this he or she would have to start from scratch and if no one is supporting it would be really hard so this mm-hmm. is uh, this is the root cause mm-hmm. i think Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've heard of the story of that North Korean woman, woman who escaped from North Korea and came to China, and then yeah. I think I did. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that was very really inspiring. Uh, that that I think right. she also became very popular after after she went on Joe Rogan's podcast. She was also on Flag Rant. I don't know if you know know it. If that's also a podcast, but yeah. So yeah, finally, any message for our audience? <laughs> right message for audience i i want you to always seek out for help there are a lot of things available i mean you can also reach out to me if there is anything that you're struggling with be it your studies be it your dreams be it your degree be it your job anything of that kind we should be able to reach out to others whenever we need something because truly the online community that we all as an individual or as a group are establishing everywhere especially in india is really helping us to create an impact on each other's life and i really want you all to understand that rather than that if there's anything that you're willing to ask me you sure you may there are different handles that you can access like linkedin instagram and anything of that kind and on top of that if you really need any if you really need some help for like, i mean this would be quite weird but if you need some help for convincing your parents that what you're doing is right like if you believe what you're doing is right We, you can always reach out to us 
we would be there to help you and there are a lot of different things i want you to understand the beauty i want you to look at the beauty of every subject before you actually start reading it or understanding mm-hmm. it or learning it and sometimes unlearning something in order to learn something in a better way is again extremely essential on top of that do not always be driven by the grades by the merit it is very important for us to be more innovative sometimes the students with really great grades are unable to answer simple questions like what does a rectifier do mm-hmm. or how do the mm-hmm. leds work this isn't the real knowledge this is something this is a tradition that has been occurring in our country that is rote memorization but today we need to break all the mm-hmm. shackles that were holding us back and that and the education system or not the the education system but the things or the situation around us which forced us to go for the rote memorization the, the absolute Today, theme of this podcast is self yeah. we need to mm. learn the absolute theme of this podcast is yes. also similar it's uh, to to promote right. unconventional education in you know and especially in the areas of space and science uh, and not just rote memorized stuff and all if in fact that's why i think you see that i don't really mention a lot of terms in my when i'm asking questions because i don't really remember much I've, i don't have a great memory but I, yeah whatever concepts i have i do like to keep them in mind but yeah uh, yeah you can continue mm-hmm. true right and then another thing is that as far as you're curious you are alive if you are not curious you are like half dead and be curious keep seeking keep exploring this is the tagline of my mm-hmm. website and this is also the official message which i mostly give to others and yeah do not hesitate from reaching out to get more resources to get any sort of help we are always there and if you have any questions regarding this podcast you may ask me and always mm-hmm. eager to answer your questions or is uh, anything that i can mm-hmm. help you with I definitely love. There are more books that you must read. I'd like to show you a few. This author, Dr. Saket Chattopadhyay, mm. sent me his book, The Mastery. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a novel. Maybe you consider reading this. It's a very interesting one. Another thing, yeah, book, The Republic, The Plateau. Sorry, The Republic by The Plateau, mm. which is really a beautiful one that I'm currently reading. and another thing another book that i recently ordered is this one by oscar mm. wilde which is again very mm. interesting so i have philosophy i have science i have fiction i have space i have quantum mechanics i have mm. everything that i need to keep filling mm. my mind and this is what you should be doing now i do get that not all of you might might might, might be an avid reader but it's just it's not if you're not someone who likes to read you might be someone who likes mm-hmm. to listen So this is the medium for you. If you don't like both, there's something else that you really need in order to make yourself learn something. Try to find your ways because different things work for different people, and you should always keep on finding mm-hmm. your way. I think that's mm-hmm. all for the day. And yeah, you had an announcement uh, to make. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, right. So I, uh, when will this podcast be out? Like out for the audience? Um, most probably Tuesday. I think yeah, it should be out on Tuesday. I at least the audio okay. audio will be out on Tuesday. Right. Maybe not the video yet, but yeah, because we are we have not even prepared for anything right. for the video. In fact, the YouTube channel is also not created. So I think uh, that's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hope you'll figure it out. Yeah, the announcement mm-hmm. is that in Bangalore, like at IIS Bangalore, we are hosting an event, Cosmo mm-hmm. Expo, which is. uh which consists of lectures by renowned professors one of them is an indian scientist and even i am invited at isa bangalore to deliver a lecture 
which would be something about empowering women in STEM and also the importance of S in STEM, which is going to be very interesting. And that is the entire, those lectures are followed by a stargazing session. We would have a lot of astronomers with their telescopes, use use telescopes all the way on the ground with different binoculars. We'd be taking you on a ride to the cosmos and it would be wonderful indeed. So I do understand that people from different states might not be able to come. But if you live in Bangladesh, you live in Karnataka or in the southern in the southern part of our India, you should definitely come. The event is scheduled on 1st of April. Yeah, this year and it is suitable for the ages 14 and above. So do come like if you are high school senior, high school junior or even if you are an undergraduate, you are cordially invited for the mm -hmm. event. Great. Uh, anybody who lives in Bangalore or is planning to visit, certainly try to go to the event. Should not mm -hmm. miss, yes. Uh, right. Yeah, so I think we have come to an end of, uh, of our show. Uh, yeah, so thank you everybody uh, for listening to another episode of the Wimpo podcast. This was really fun. Definitely one of the long, one of the longer ones. Uh, how, how many minutes has it been? Um, one hour, 15 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah uh so thank you for listening to another episode uh hope to see you next time probably this this will be the first video episode of our show too um and uh, yeah keep looking up bye yeah thank you so much everyone